when I found out that those blasphemers put goddamn. Wait. Oh shit! The lights uh, on. I don't care if the lights on. I want to hear the end of the story. Go for it. <laughs> we'll no, save no, no. it for later. <laughs> Good I evening, everybody. This is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is David slash Asher. Uh, join me. Uh, for front row perspectives is of course Michael. Hey all. Will slash Kage. Hello. And Nick slash Itrio. Hello. And tonight we're going to be talking about emulation. And mostly because of the factor of like the whole shebang that happened last week with somebody finding the source code, or at least multiple source codes. Quote unquote. Uh, Finding, finding, <laughs> uh, source codes of Nintendo properties. Like he was walking down, you know, the aisle of of like his local Walmart and be like, "Oh, look, source code to an old get into C four game." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'd like to point out uh, when he said last week. By the time you hear this, you There'll may be, be like, weeks. "Hey, that was six months ago." If you're if you're new to this stream. The, or to the stream. Whatever. Whatever this is. I don't know what it's I'm talking something. about. It's a recorded medium that you're listening to. Exactly. And recorded <laughs> in the past. It is currently May of 2020. Yep. It's still the uh, Corona season. Yes. Yeah. It is the season to drink Corona. <laughs> <laughs> <You>. <laughs> Hashtag not fun, but you know, Corona, I mean, if you're looking for someone to sponsor, we're right here. I'm sure at least one of us would be willing to drink Corona during a podcast. Ew. Okay, all of those who work in IT. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't say ew when we're trying to get a sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Uh, fair. <laughs> so, uh, but basically, said person uh, put the source code up online for everybody to access, and somebody decided to take said source code, dump it into Unreal 4, and then basically upload the compiled version of Super Mario 64 as basically a EXE file. So you could sit there and play on Windows 10. This raised uh, a huge stink with Nintendo because, A, it's Mario. Mm -hmm. B, this is... It's Mario. It, <laughs> that too. But B, this exactly. is something that they still have the legal ownership rights of. C, uh, it's Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, D, they already Nintendo likes their money. And so D is essentially, they kind of have to defend their IP. Otherwise, bad shit happens. Yeah, if you don't defend your IP, then suddenly everyone gets to play with it. And that's something Nintendo doesn't want. Oh, 100% they don't. So Unlike their Wiis, which they do want other people to play with. <laughs> we would like to play. Uh, See? So, the... Uh, this brought up a whole bunch of, uh, like, a whole thing about what is emulation, what could be considered emulation. What is it all about? Yeah. Um, admittedly, what some people... What are the defining lines? <laughs> so, 
in this case, Nintendo was not actually doing a cease and desist due to emulation, but due to infringement of not only proprietary source code, uh, but also infringement upon copyright copyright characters. Copyright, copyright, copyright. Copyright, yep. copyright? Copyright. 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 But as such, the, I do kind of sit there going like, this is not uh, like dumping the source code into Unreal 4. Yeah, that's that's not emulation. But some of the discussions about how people uh, like go, uh, go into the factor of what is emulation and how uh, like how does this still continue to quotations exist well i'll be honest i'm all for emulation mm -hmm. with some caveats for those listening who may or may not have legal degrees or i think they do <laughs> um he's on the internet everyone's a law scholar yeah but my caveats are emulation is fine if it's if you're doing homebrew stuff or if you have a veritable actual copy of said game. That is the legal definition of you are allowed to have a digital backup of your physical game. Yep. Now that's not usually what emulation is, if we're being entirely honest with ourselves, but that is the legal definition. Yes. Basically, the legal definition is if you own a copy, you can, you, uh, you can have a copy on your computer, as quotations, a backup. Now, what uh, emulation usually is used for is a lot more Army. gray and... A little bit yo-ho-hoing. We've all worn that hat. I know it. All of us here. I will. Admit I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a paragon of integrity. <laughs> okay. So was some Maybe other. I, have one person in denial. I mean, what? Okay, Buccaneer. <laughs> but we all know that Yarr. most of the time. Uh, emulation has been used in conjunction with piracy because mm -hmm. a trying to get your hands on some games is it is some games are just stupid expensive to get your hands on not to mention the fact that you not only have to get your hands on a working copy of that game but in some cases you may need to get a work uh, your hands on a working copy of the hardware that runs that game, uh, including possibly some sort of converter because most uh, most TVs nowadays don't have an RGA input. Yep. Or if you're going for a, a much, much, much older console, uh, some TVs will not accept analog coaxial either. Ah, uh, yes, the, the coax as well, true. Because, uh, as far as I know, most TVs still have a coaxial, but they'll only accept digital inputs. Which, dig if you've got a console that is running off of a coax, 100% uh, guarantee that's an analog symbol or signal. 
Yeah. Symbols. Symbol. Yeah, it's also an analog symbol. <laughs> you go, and you can't capture that on digital media. So, there, uh, and... So, most people who don't want to go through various hassles of either getting conversion kits or can't get their hands on those multi-console emulations, uh, multi-console devices that uh, basically have, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N64, Genesis, Mega Drive, <laughs> Game Boy Advance, Game Boy, and Game Boy Color. Well, uh, and let's be honest, the ones that are not, like, the officially licensed, like, when Nintendo put out the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, not mm -hmm. those, but, like, the ones that are, like, the Mega Drive-style ones that have, like, 10, 15 different consoles built in, mm -hmm. uh, those aren't always licensed either. And then don't get me on about the fact that people go in there and crack, their, uh, crack some of those official ones to make them have stuff that they didn't have before because uh, yep so which is also emulation of a different type uh just like if you just like uh back when and i'm gonna i'm gonna put myself out there on this one uh back when i had a psp i had a friend who uh cracked my psp so that i could have a bunch of roms on it because i couldn't find half the games that i wanted to play and I could easily download the ROMs, no problem. Yep. Uh, admittedly, it's funny because like that—that's a different set. But all in all, emulation—it uh, is a big thing because I know a few years back, literally all almost every single ROM site. Because ROMs mm. are basically the uh, the actual games digitized, mm -hmm. uh, except yeah, and some uh, more recent games are just literally just the the discs ripped and they're just li listed as ISOs. Mm -hmm. um, literally, uh, Nintendo went after a bunch of the big na uh, big. Uh, names in uh, ROM holders because they basically got sick and tired of uh, essentially that uh, people handing out their IP, uh, like handing out games for free. Well, and let's be honest, part of that, it's very easy to extrapolate that part of that was 100% uh, the fact that they were getting ready to launch the NES Classic and SNES Classic. Yes. And they needed the ability to compete against free product by stripping the free product from the market. Yeah. Which, yes, they were 100% in their right to do so. <laughs> Not fighting that. That is Nintendo's IP. However, that is the real reason why they were, why they were so gung-ho about doing it. Yeah. So... And the factor is that uh, most sites that act uh, that try and actively advertise that they have access to Nintendo ROMs tend to get shut down fairly quickly. Yup. So, as such, it as such, 
some people are going uh, are going like, well, how are we going to get our hands on some of these old ROMs or games that a Nintendo you're not putting out officially for us, or at least not in a timely fashion that we like, because mm-hmm. there are some games that they're probably never going and not going to be able to put out because a they don't technically have the rights to. Mm-hmm. Um. Things like Super Mario RPG. Which, uh, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I actually have a copy of that. So do I. I um, wish I still had a copy of that. Yeah, it it and was one of those... One of those rare moments. And I'm not talking about the company. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bumped. Yeah. And so some people are like, you could get a copy if you have uh, if you have like a Wii or Wii U, mm-hmm. when you still had access to the Wii uh, the Wii Shop. Back in the day. Back in the day, it shut down. You can't get it anymore. Nope. Um, Not enough. And as of right now, the Switch. Yeah, you ha- you can ha- have access to. NES games and Super Nintendo Aspects games. Very few, mm-hmm. and most of them are the ones that nobody really cares if they have access to. Now, right. some of them are freaking amazing classic games like Gold Cart or yeah. Link to the Past. There are mm-hmm. some definite good good ones in there. And yeah, it. No regret for getting them, but their release schedule because they finally released four new ones this month. Oh, did they really? Yeah, but the problem is uh, one Super Nintendo game and three NES games. Hey, it's still good stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, it's still progress. It's still progress, but A, I think the last time that they added games was, what, beginning of this year? Mm-hmm. And really, it's better than Sony's track record of, oh, hey, we're going to put all uh, the entire... PS1 and PS2 library on the PS3. I think they got through 15%? Yeah. And that's being very generous. They gave up pretty quick. Uh, And looking at their website, I think I can guess which ones were just released because they're the four that are labeled coming soon still on the website. And (laughs) none of the four are ones that I'm like, oh, God, why would, why was I missing this in my life? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, uh, of the four, I'm like, uh, I have not heard of that. 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 Cool. Actually, uh, the one I know of is Rygar, which is one of the ones that's listed there. Yeah, Rygar is one of the one is the one that's listed for uh, the Ghetto NES. As I always refer to it. <laughs> but. Yeah. So uh, like Sony. They said like oh we're still going to try and do it. And then they. Moved that plan over to their PlayStation Now service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even now, then yeah. from what I've heard. It's the PS1 library. Is still sitting at about like 20%. And PS2. Is sitting at about. Three percent. 
Well, and this this goes back to our previous conversation about Sadia, though it, I <laughs> I know we've talked about it at least a couple times. Yeah, uh, which you. is that it's not. Wait, anytime you have streaming a video game, you are at the mercy of multiple different possible issues. Your own connection, your um, your ISP may running into issues. The line between your ISP and the game server, the game server itself, there are a lot of possible issues there that can cause very unpleasant gameplay. And that's what I ran into a lot with PlayStation Now. Now, granted, I was also on a wireless connection, and I since learned that PS4 plus wireless equals bad for, for online play. Yeah. But that being said, uh, Stadia hmm. hasn't really reversed my fears on that at all yeah so uh, as such um most people when they want to try and play some of the older playstation games if they can't get their hands on them <laughs> yeah uh yeah. they go to emulation um emulation and admittedly like xbox to be perfectly blunt, you don't. Uh, there are emulators for Xbox games. Oh, I'm sure there are. But yeah. most of them are just like literally weird widgets that basically just enable Windows to uh, just essentially do what an Xbox does. Mm -hmm. That's. I, I think that's partly in help to like Microsoft's it, efforts to try and bring everything to be the one like one ecosystem yeah um it's also because of the factor that literally all the xboxes have been built off of windows architecture heavily mm -hmm. specialized but still the same architecture well it actually was uh it's more true in recent renditions of the xbox than it was in like the 360 or the original days now you have the UWP, the Universal Windows Platform, that supposedly, <laughs> big emphasis on supposedly, it's supposed to allow you to have like this framework that you can build off of and then kind of like, oh, let's port the game on top of this platform and it's supposed to exist on all of, the, all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, no one uses it from my knowledge, though. <laughs> right. Because it, it has an overhead that causes big issues. <laughs> oh, boy. In true Microsoft fashion and Windows fashion. You know, Update Tuesday. Ah, right. Tuesday. <laughs> I, I think that's all I need to say to all the IT nerds out there. Update Tuesday. Have fun with that. It's kind of like Taco Tuesday, but more frustrating. <laughs> and there's no tacos. Yeah, no tacos, no satisfying tacos. You don't even have to be. You don't even have to be an IT nerd for that. Uh, technically, there is there is one group that may actually be more triggered by the phrase "update Tuesday" than even IT nerds, and that is WoW players. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Up, uh, Server down Tuesday is one of the most triggering things uh, I've ever. heard heard for a um uh, for a wow fan <laughs> i can't play my game for so many hours this is bullshit i can't live anymore i don't want to do it <laughs> um 
So, emulation, it's, uh, emulation itself is not necessarily bad. It's just, no. it's how it's been used. Right. Because most emulators, and this is actually out and out stated on Dolphin, uh, PCSX, a Dolphin, uh, RetroArch, Mednafen, is that technically these emulators exist to quotations help with the production of creating homebrew games. Now, which is definitely a, something that you can use them for. You can one hundred percent. If you have the coding know-how, build a game, compile it, and play it through one of these software. Right. 100%. 100%. However, um, if you read some of the devlogs, especially uh, like things like Dolphin or PCSX2, you will see that they have lists of compatible games that are known to work. Yep. Uh, EPSXE, uh, is the one I always use for PlayStation 1, and that, uh, at one point, uh, I don't know if it's still that in the same format, but there was an entire list of games that work, and a list of games that will work if you toggle one or two options around to allow for them. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I remember staring at those lists, because I'd be like, oh, I can play that. I just have to change this and this around. Right. So, it is one of those situations where it's like, they state that, but they know the factor of what the target audience is going to be using these for. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to stand in defense of emulators because of... I am also a staunch uh, person of stating that we need to preserve old games. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would absolutely, absolutely love to have access to full libraries of Nintendo, Sega, and Xbox games. Mm -hmm. Well, Xbox might be too soon. Well, uh, a lot of I mean, the, the original Xbox games... Yeah, a lot of the original Xbox games are kind of... I thought there was a forgotten game or something like that for Xbox One that you did that people know about but they can't get a copy of. Yeah. Um yeah, there's a few of those. There's yeah. a few of those. Um because like let me just do a quick eBay check of the one game that I know that is stupid expensive. Ooh. Earthbound. No, not Earthbound. Ooh. Earthbound is also very expensive. I will admit, it is expensive, but I'm not sure if it's as expensive as this game. And the game I'm talking about is Panzer Dragoon Saga. Of which there's only 10,000 US copies. Ever. Mm. Yeah, that'll do it alright. Oh, hey, first thing I put in for Panzer, it brings up Panzer Dragoon Saga on eBay. Oh, what do you know? Oh, Lord! Then why don't you tell us what it is so that we're not sitting in suspense? The cheapest copy is a discs-only copy that's $405. Oof. Right on the wallet. My wallet's feeling oh. that, and I haven't even cracked it open. Yeah. You want to know what 
the with case uh, cost? A grand. Uh, roughly the cheapest one that I can find is seven hundred sixty-eight dollars. Admittedly, that one does not state what conditions it, it's in. There is one that's literally sitting at like thirteen hundred, and it was saying authentic, complete mint. 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 Ooh. So, let, let, I'm going to search for Earthbound. You do that. Just so we can get a, a, a good... Comparison oh, test. Comparison test. So, uh, cart only. It, cheapest one I'm seeing right now is sitting at 217 Admittedly, it does have warning stickers on it, probably because. But there is a complete in-box, nice condition, with acrylic case, as in at thirteen hundred. <laughs> that burns. Uh, there are other ones. Uh, ah, here's another one with authentic cart with custom box and guide combo. Uh, sitting at about like 360. So, I will admit, yes, Earthbound is expensive. But good lord, there are some games out there that are stupid expensive. So, like the 1994 Power Fest for the Super Nintendo. Oh, God. Where only 33 game cartridges were found. You want to know how much that is selling for? Oh, oh boy. What, 10 grand at this point? Huh? I'm going to say 10 grand at this point? Yeah. Oh, God, I was right? Exactly right. $10,000. And if you have the jacket, the Star Fox jacket that came with it, it would be $1,100. Ooh. You mean 11000 11000 sorry. Yes, 11000 So, And, yeah, like, it, like it can be cheaper than the cart by itself. Yeah. The so. Star Fox, yeah. So, geez. Yeah. Uh... I'm not sure about you guys, but I don't have that capita to no, drop on any of those. No, not me. I'm just a poor gamer, man. I just play games. <laughs> so, admittedly, I would love, uh, like, the only way I played Earthbound was either, A, borrowing somebody's cart, which nobody's, I don't really know anybody around here, or... Revu has it. Revu? Is amazing. That's just the cart. Oh, that's only just a couple hours away. Yeah, it's yeah. only a couple hours away. <laughs> or the other option is going the uh, Yo-Ho-Ho route and getting a ROM and emulating it. Yeah. Which Taking a th- sail through the Pirate's Bay. Yep. Um, we are. <laughs> of which we don't officially condone those methods. No, nope. of course not. No, 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 no. No, we don't necessarily condone them. Um, however, we, can any of us honestly officially condemn them either? No. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. We will not. Uh, you do sorry, stones and glass houses. I gotta be honest. I can't. I can't. I can't say no. I am already on record. I did it myself. Our official stance is: we do not endorse this behavior. Are we going to be tossing stones, saying that it's bad for you to do it? Well, in that case, we'd have to start tossing stones at ourselves because we've done it. Yep. So. 
I'm so. just a poor boy. No one's buying games for me. <laughs> He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Yeah. Uh, Careful, we don't get a copyright strike. Fred, spoken word not in the correct cadence. Yes. Yes. So, we should um, I'm sure somebody would figure out a way to. Did you know? Quick sidebar: Somebody actually won a won a lawsuit about a single like eight note bar. Wasn't what? that the Katy Perry thing? I do believe so. Yes. God damn I mean, it! I, I can believe it. I can believe it. That's terrible. Uh, but anyway, so in, in certain cases, I know for a factor that I'm not getting my hands on Pantradragoon Saga. No. Uh, no. Not anywhere at any time soon. Not Maybe. unless not I mean not unless someone incredibly rich and uh, philanthro uh, philanthropic decides to buy it for you. And in that case, can uh, uh, just just speaking to that uh, proverbial viewer, donate <laughs> donate your money to a good cause. It, it, yeah. We, we don't need it that badly. No. Yeah. If you want to toss money at us, do the official stuff. <laughs> Don't just go like, oh, I'll buy him a copy of Panther Dragoon Saga. No. No, just... No, please don't. No. The money is better to a better cause, or if you actively want to help us, official channels are fine. We could use better equipment. <laughs> yeah, than... we, we really could. So. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but one of us is literally talking into a potato right now. Oh, boy. Potato times. A literal potato. Like russet. Oh, Lord. Idaho <laughs> grown? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. Is there any other kind? Well, you could oh, be, uh, like, talking into a uh, golden, but that's a little I fancy. Mean, could, but that, that's a little fancy. That's, yeah, that's a little, that, that's a little above um, that's sweet. the person in question's uh, uh, budget. <laughs> budget right now. So, yeah. You could, so if you could afford a few extra pennies for some sweet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I am what I am, and yeah. I am a poor boy. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. or any person is. So. Copyright trick. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh god, even worse. Oh no, now we just got a Nintendo one. They thought oh. we were making fun of that. Oh uh, no, well. But I'm so. a walking copyright strike. <laughs> I mean, that is accurate. That is so accurate. I couldn't exist unless it was, you know. Yeah. So the only way we're going to be able to get our uh, to play some of these games is either knowing somebody who has access to said game, or going down our good friend the black flag uh route so as long as it's rum don't forget the rum and don't don't let it be the rum if, if things have to go up in flames <laughs> oh god that's a different kind of rum why is the rum gone oh no we're getting copy strike right uh, copy strike Strike well, that's by a copyright the... strike. You know, our copyright strikes are being copyright stricken by the copyright strikes. Uh, <laughs> the, the copyright strikers have been sacked. Uh, the copyright strikers that replaced the copyright strikers have also been sacked. Has now been sacked. 
And then the next set were sacked, uh, were sacked preemptively. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure that they were sacked before they could do anything to get them sacked. Yeah. And now we're being sacked strike from Matt Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm being sacked. <laughs> <laughs> so. Love, Eddie. Damn it! <laughs> oh, Lord. At least he said love. At least I know he did it with love. Well, is he letting you at least finish the episode? Yes, he said I could finish the episode without now being sacked. Okay, well, we'll finish the episode and then we'll deal with the rest later. What's this? So. Why do but, I have a potato sack? What's this? Oh. oh that boy. box oh, sitting damn. by your feet? That was for all your things. Oh, damn it. That's right. <laughs> so. Let me guess. You put your feet. You flipped it upside down and put your feet on top of it. I didn't did. You? I completely forgot about it until. Just I mean, now. of course. What would you do? I would use it for a footrest. That is accurate. Yes. And that yeah. is the correct answer response to an unquestionable to a questionable box. Yes. <laughs> I would like to point out that we are in fact masters of improv. We just did an entire five minute segue of yes and. Meanwhile, <laughs> so, um, admittedly, like, without, uh, I will state that without emulation, I would not have discovered some really good gems out there. Mm-hmm. Because, A, I would not have gotten my hands on some games because either, A, I initially dismissed them in store, which this will surprise some people. I'm, uh, since people know I'm a huge mecha fan. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh There's a game series out there called Super Robot Wars, which I'm... You did not. You did not pass on Super Robot Wars. I refuse to accept that. I passed on the original English... uh, Yeah, English. The original English. (laughs) The the original English release of the Game Boy titles. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Because, literally, I saw them on the shelves, and at the time, the only thing that I wanted to play on Game Boy Advance was either Pokemon, which was Emerald, or a few other things. Because when I saw them, the only other thing that I had access to was a DSi. Oh, fair enough. So I could play it, but I was more focused on, like, DSI, uh, DS or DS uh, title, uh, DS titles. So when a friend, a mutual friend of mine and Will's loaned me his PSP for a bit, uh, an online friend of mine directed me towards a game, uh, a game that I did not at the time associate with those GBA titles because in the States they decided to translate it as Super Robot Tyson, which is a weird thing to do because the original titles are actually called Super Robot Wars. So they changed Wars to Tyson to probably avoid copyright against Robot Wars, if you remember that weird TV show. Okay, fair enough. Um... He recommended a game called Super Robot Wars uh, Advanced Portable. His PSP title, popped it in, and got a huge nostalgia punch to the gut from that game. Because that game had a old 
admittedly, like, I only saw it in a edited-for-TV-movie-style English. But it had a, a series that I watched as a kid there. So, um... When I finally found out that Super Robot Tyson was Super Robot Wars, I was like, holy shit. And then I couldn't find them on the shelves anymore. So I went down that path in order to sit down and actually play them. Fair enough. So. You yeah. are an evil, evil man. And really, there were other times when I tried to do emulation and failed horribly. Because um, back in one of the olden days, when computers had 40 gigabyte hard drives, and that was super expansive. Oh yeah, that was amazing once upon a time. <laughs> Windows 98. That was that my, my old Windows 98 machine when I was a kid only had 40 gigs. And that was the family computer. <laughs> uh that I try uh my brother had downloaded an emulator for Super Nintendo and we tried to get Chrono Trigger to work on it. However, this was in the time when early development cycle of SLED Super Nintendo emulator, which means that it recognized that it was being emulated and prevented me from going farther than how dare you, sir? <laughs> yeah. So, this is... Uh, technically, emulation is not a new thing. Uh, and that's why DRM exists. Because of the, the, the people with the black flags. Yep. Um, and admittedly, some people got very creative with... Uh, preventing pirate uh, illicit copies. I think I think the one instance of copyright protection that strikes me the most is uh, the uh, copyright protection that's used for Spyro. Think you guys might know which one I'm talking about? Uh, no, actually. Not it was so oh, I can't remember exactly which game it was, but I think it was the Spyro game for the PlayStation One. Okay. Uh, not only was there the standard like disc check and whatnot, um, but if you bypassed that, there was also uh, code that would check values that should either shouldn't change or return a certain value at a certain time based on the state of the hardware. And if one of those checks failed, it would actually start to progressively break the game itself. Ooh. Um, Ooh. To the point where everything would play through up until uh, you talk to uh, one of those save fairies saying, and then they would actually tell you, hey, Spyro, it looks like you're not playing a legitimate version of the game. Oh, they consequences. Unexpected consequences may happen if you proceed further, or something like that. And you could actually never complete complete the game because there would be some like if you save the game, there was a chance that it would just not save the game and actually just erase your save. Oh. Um, 
there would be times when, you know, the uh, gem drops would become, or whatever the currency was, would become non-existent. Um, <laughs> yeah, the game was, like, I watched a whole YouTube video about how this actually, like, worked. And it was fascinating how disastrous, like, if you just can, if you just kept pushing forward, yeah, it was, it, it gets really hilarious that, like, the extent the developers went to protect their IP from piracy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> most this of the... Is now, this is now starting to, to turn into what happens if you pirate. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the factor is that some people... Year of the Dragon. Ah. I think that was... Uh, it was specifically Year of the Dragon. Um, it may not have been PS... I thought Year of the Dragon was PS2. Either way, but... Oh, it's Zoe. When you meet Zoe, uh, she says, I'm sorry, Spyro, but you seem to be playing a hacked version of this game. It may be, in, may be an illegal copy. Since this copy has been modified, you may experience problems that would not occur on a legal copy. Oof. Oof. Um, yeah. It's time to say, hey, go buy the legal copy, stop being a dickhead. Yeah. The yeah. And that took... The, the, that took... Uh, not condoning their actions, but that took Game Crackers months. Like there was a there was a day zero release of a uh, check bypass where it was basically bypassing the initial system check, but mm -hmm. it took Game Crackers months to bypass these checksums that were done because those were checksums that were happening throughout the gameplay. It wasn't so they had to literally patch out every instance that it was happening. They were checking, and yeah. in order to do that, they had to literally uh, scan every single. They had to literally go through every every line of every line yeah. of the decompiled code to figure out when those were occurring and prevent them. Again, by no means condoning their actions, but that's the extent that the developer went to protect this game. And that's not even an uncommon practice anymore, too. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, like, the, uh, that DRM, I don't think we're going to get too deep into. Yeah. For now, but yeah, if people are super pissed about DRM, yeah, that was... Year, uh, like the whole issue with DRM got started because of years ago stuff. Yeah, and, it, and, if and people I mean, were good, we wouldn't have. This is why we can't have nice things. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the problem is, is that DRM has become kind of this uh, escalating warfare between the two sides, where the developer tries to come up with this uh, a fancy new way of doing it, and either it. Either the crackers are like, okay, cool, well, we, we got it, we figured it out, and release something anyways, or it becomes such a pain in the butt that the regular players who don't want to pirate, who just want to buy the game, are like, well, now you just made it unplayable for us. Like, uh, the, there was, I'm trying to remember what games or who it was, but there was an, there was an I think it was when the X-Bone came out. That it was going to that it basically all the DM was essentially always online DRM, 
where oh, God, game, where all the games required the the system to constantly check. Yeah, it was the Expo. If you didn't have a, uh, if you didn't have a disc in the drive, if you were playing a digital download, you had to be online. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Obviously, well, no, the, the, I think the console itself just required to always be online. They, they've since backed off on that stance, but yeah. There also some software developer. I want to say EA was playing around with, with all of us online as well at one point. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why uh, SimCity 4 had a huge debacle over... Uh... Diablo 3 for PC is always oh, yeah, online. Yeah, that one's always... Oh, with Error 37... Air 37 will go down in history. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most terrible things that Blizzard ever done. And it, you know, that, you know. And they still, have, they still haven't backed off of the stance. No, they have well, not. They have not. They, fi- they fixed the server issue, but no, you are still required to be online. All the you time. Even if you're playing single player. Even if you're playing single player. Game technically always, op- well, it's not always open, but it's always broadcasting-ish. Online. It's always on their server. Yes. The game exists on their server, whether it's single player or not. Yep. And I think part of that was because there was a way in... Uh, part of that could be attributed on uh, Blizzard's side as, oh, well, there's the jump-in functionality for... Because I do believe that was a functionality. If you were in certain game uh, in a certain single-player game mode, you could also say, hey, open it up for people to just hop in. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I'm as someone who still occasionally goes back to D3, uh, ever cool. since they yeah. fixed it. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you can definitely open up your game at any time, even in the middle of your quest, even in the middle of not having to go anywhere past the pause menu and open it up so other people can join. And I've done that. I had, I was playing single player, had a friend message me and say, hey, can I jump in? I want to play for a while. And just literally invite, uh, open it up, and he jumped in. There was no, I didn't have to leave the game. I didn't have to reset it as a multiplayer or anything. He just jumped right in. Which, while nice, shouldn't warrant an always online experience. Well, oh, okay. the, tri- the trick is, is that in order for that to work, you do have to be always online because otherwise it would have been a save, quit the game, relaunch as multiplayer. And it's not a huge, I mean, it wouldn't have been a huge deal breaker. It's like a minute to do that. But it is kind of cool. But yeah, no, I agree from the perspective of before, other than, you know, the occasional here and there, I prefer to play D3 solo. And so I, I would be completely fine if it was offline, except for those few instances where I could easily switch over. But, but getting back to the topic at hand... Yeah. <laughs> um, complete derailment there. <laughs> Went off on to DRM. Um, um, but no, like, in emulation, uh, Year of the Dragon was one of those ones that you can actually, if you don't get, again, not condoning the black flag, if you got the wrong crack, you could also run into these issues in your emulation. Because... It's going to see, oh, wow, you have a lot more system RAM than would have been on uh, PSX at the time. Oh, this checksum? Completely out of whack. So, 
emulation also has like some benefits in terms of like figuring out like i don't know lost my train of thought well i kind of got us back there (laughs) admittedly there uh there have been some interesting uh things to come out from emulation like uh people have actually decided to do weird stuff like trying to get playstation one games to look as good as they possibly can within like uh, within reason uh so you could play them like on a 16 by 9 screen aka most modern tvs slash monitors which and and while well it definitely would not bode well for any organization who attempts to use it the in light of the recent leaks from big red um <laughs> emulation if it weren't for the fact that there's a whole legal issue behind it could see drastic movements towards that. Yeah, because... But unfortunately, Big Red has this big legal barrier of, hey, that's our IP. Yeah, and we're talking about source code. We're talking about stuff that is literal um, patented code. For I don't div- think it's patented. I think I think it's copyrighted, though. Okay. Because there's a difference between patents and copyrights. Patents are for, like, utilities and stuff like that. So they could patent the uh, design. Yeah. They've got some legal hold on this. And... Some? Just just some? uh, I'm using very vague terms, even though we know it's (laughs) like they they have a death grip on it. Uh, because, like, I know for a factor that, I uh, like, the way I heard about the whole leak slash founding of source code was just Mario 64. But apparently, uh, Nick had found Mario articles. Mario 64 is a completely separate instance and unrelated to the leak that I'm talking to. That has yeah. already been proven. Yeah is the factor that uh, apparently there was some leaks about actual console source code. That... I do believe from the Wii backwards? Yeah. Which would basically make a emulator. I'm not going to name names because I. you have Google Foo. You can find out yourself mm-hmm. that this uh this emulator they could implement it and it would just it would take their compatibility lists to pretty much 100% 100% are so they... the big one that i know of that's already released a statement in terms of this dolphin has stated that they cannot will not and should not even look at that they will not look at it. They will not use any information from it for one reason and one big reason only. The moment that they even crack open that document, they are opening a legal legal can of worms. They are. right at the moment all of their code is their own, and they can prove and vouch for that. 
admittedly, there are some people out there that have cracked open that document and have made their own, are working on. And here's the thing. The biggest thing that I can think of is, hey, Dolphin being the biggest one for GameCube and Wii emulation is going to have to also consider how they handle their repo, their their source code repository. Because I do believe they use GitHub, but if they, they're going to need to take careful consideration as to who's contributing to that. Because anybody can basically create a branch or do, make a pull or whatever. The, I forget the actual terminology in Git. But basically they can branch off the source code into their own branch. They can kind of expand it with their own stuff. And then they can also issue what's called a pull into the master. They're going to have to be very conscious as to who they allow to uh, pull, who they approve pull requests from. Because one of those people could be... Utilizing that proprietary code. And they don't want any any of that. None of that. So, the moment... And, and th- this comes down to a matter of the moment that even accidentally they accept a pull request using those that copyrighted code, that's a legal nightmare just waiting for a letter from Nintendo. Yeah. Because uh-huh. while that branch is off on its own, they can claim they can indemnify themselves of that branch. Because it's not their doing. It's not their user actions. And they they are actively working on trying to get games compatible by their own method. Mm-hmm. And I, because uh, Dolphin, I think the reason why they state they have a compatible games list is so that people can at least use that as a test bed to make sure that Thing, you know, the emulation is running properly for the homebrew. Well, here's the thing. They legally can actually have a compatible games list because you are legally entitled to have your own archival copies of games. Mm-hmm. They are not specifying where those games are coming from. They do not say, oh, if you just... They're not linking to, like, you know, a Black Flag site on where to get it. They're just saying, hey, this game, compatible. We... Your yeah. mo- your results may vary. We verify that at least our copy works. And I get, and I would hope, I would hope that the Dolphin developers would have the legal rights to the games that they're claiming they've verified compatibility on. Yeah. But that's all knowledge not privy to us. Silence. But it's just one of those situations where uh, they are they they are trying to do their best to make sure that uh, no uh, like people don't get their hands on um, or change things that they don't want access to. Now, admittedly, there's people out there that in all full honesty don't care they will literally probably go out there 
get a copy of whatever that they need. And when it's all said and done... Oh, I'm going to be sued for it? Eh, whatever. And then they just... And I mean, there are sometimes that people have just taken, like, a fall on that, on those things, knowing that in the end, they could, like, settle out, and things will be better in the long run for, like, the community at large. Yeah. But you obviously, I wouldn't recommend that if you don't have the capital asset to back it. Yeah. <laughs> um... And it's just one of those situations where it's like, I, I'm okay with emulation, mostly because of the fact that a, it's probably not going to go away. Oh hell no! And and really, there's actually uh, emulation of, uh, Andro uh, of Android, and as far as I know, iOS. But I the iOS one is usually. Um, always running in essentially airplane mode. So emulation for development environments such as like iOS and Android, mm -hmm. those there are a lot more true, to, at least on the Apple side of things, the iOS one, those are a lot more true to the functionality you're going to get with, a, with actual hardware as well. For one reason. Everything's Apple there. <laughs> yeah. You're running Xcode with an iOS emulator, running iOS that was developed by Apple, where Xcode is also developed by Apple, on Apple hardware with an Apple operating system. Apple, Apple, Apple. <laughs> apples on top of apples on top of apples. What do you think you're going to get? Apple. No. I mean, usually. <laughs> um, in terms of the... Uh, in terms of the green side of things, where we look at, like, Android, uh, it's a little bit more hit or miss. Mm -hmm. um, mainly because you have Samsung, LG, OnePlus. Uh, I can't even name any other ones, because those are the only three you can think of. HTC, HTC Motorola. Um, just just um, go to... Was, what's the one I always try to forget? Oh, it's ZTE. That's a good one to forget. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah as, frankly, I've had a couple of those. Those are frankly quite terrible. Yeah, and the factor is that, like, that that's probably the one emulation that I don't see people going after is the whole emulation of mobile devices. Mm -hmm. And I'm well, not talking, like... Being, well, the reason being is that's already there. It's been there since day one for yeah. one simple reason. It's easier to develop on a computer than it is to develop on actual hardware in that market. Damn right it is. Especially when you're looking at like, it's the same. It's the same with Windows. Mm -hmm. If you're going to develop a program for Windows, yeah, you might have access to a little bit of hardware, but there's no way you're going to have access to every single possible hardware combination out there. Oh God, no! No one has that. I mean, you can simulate that hardware. A lot easier if you have a machine that's supposedly more powerful than it, but that's about the best you're going to get. Mm -hmm. Even for, like, these large firms that program day in and day out for all these different types of applications. 
let's be I, honest, Microsoft themselves does not have the floor space, let alone the budget to uh, to build every single possible combination of every single piece of hardware. They don't even have a testing lab anymore. They don't even have a testing lab anymore. It is a bunch of virtual machines emulating the hardware to verify compatibility. They may have like a couple physical machines. But yeah, that's exactly it. It's it's emulated. It is 100% because you can't, you physically can't. I mean, it's one thing. Yeah, Apple might be able to because... Apple ships with Apple ships with Apple ships with Apple ships with Apple is built with Apple and uses Apple and everything Apple. So, so it's, Apple, a, it's an orchard. You open the you open the box and there's an orchard in there. So with Apple, here's the thing. Here's here's the big benefit, and I'm in no way condoning their price points because as of this point, oh, they're God, using no. commodity commodity hardware. The money you're paying for is the pr- name tag and then the development for the heart software that you're using. That's yep. what you're paying for now. Yep. There's no way that your your three or four generation behind CPU is worth the price tag. You're paying for the operating system and the time and research and energy that was put into developing that ecosystem. Bingo. Point aside there. <laughs> because of all that research, time, and development, and the fact that their product lineup is so restricted. I mean, granted, it's grown a little bit over the past couple of years, but they trimmed down a lot of the stuff too there's a lot less stuff that they're actually supporting but they also have a lot longer of a support period than most windows or android devices i mean hell the ipod touch fifth generation keep in mind that was released i think four five years ago is still receiving ios updates i think it's just about to drop off So you then also have the consideration of, hey, Apple's managing and maintaining this entire ecosystem. They don't have to they don't have to account for every single possible variation because they know every single variation. There is no customization really. No in fairness, I could I, I, I could and I will. Uh, make a small <laughs> side note. Um, when we talk about you know uh, life cycles, uh, keep in mind that Windows uh, Windows Seven life cycle was between two thousand nine and twenty twenty. Yeah, the Windows Seven support officially ended in I think January. A, the extended support ended. Oh well, yeah, January, no, yes. end of life. End of life was January. Right. Um. Windows 10, I do believe, has uh, 12-month and 18-month cycles. The uh, fall release has the longer cycle. But it's free update, so why not just update? Oh, yeah, that's right. Compatibility, which is what emulation's about. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's actually something that I like that Windows does in the other definition and other 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 (laughs) definition of emulation is that you can actually tell your software well you tell windows to tell your software what we're going to do is we're going to take this piece of software and we're going to tell it that pretend it's 1995 
<laughs> or yeah, we're going to tell it that we're Windows 95. We're going to tell it that we're yeah. Windows 97. We're going to tell it that we're Windows 98. Yeah. Yep, because you are telling this, you are telling Windows, hey, for the purposes of this software, I need you to pretend that you're actually this other version of Windows. And Windows says, okay, I'm programmed to do that. Okay. <laughs> so, so emulation has its purposes. Yeah. Um, not just for gaming, but also for older programs um, and just overall, you know, test bed of homebrew and, yeah. and uh, new creations. There's all as as with every piece of technology and every piece of, of uh, availability as far as our freedoms go, there's always a dark side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and you have to take the good with the bad. Otherwise, if you just decide to completely kill it completely, you're going to be uh, stifling uh, tens of year tens of years of of uh, development. I yep. almost wanted to say hundreds, but we haven't been computing and emulating for that long. No, not. <laughs> I mean, not not to we computing arguable, uh, emulating definitely not. Yeah, not in any of the means that we've talked about today. Right. So it's always good. Yeah, and it's just the fact that like, if uh, if if we had official channels to play some of these old games. Somehow, some way, Nintendo would make money off of it. Well, but that goes back to one of the problems that was mentioned earlier. Nintendo isn't necessarily the right rights holder of every single game that was released on the Nintendo. Yeah, they have uh, the right to release it on this system, and they release it on this system, and this system is no longer around. So right. therefore, their rights go bye bye. Right. Yeah, you know, and Legend of the Seven Stars, of course. <laughs> Legend of the Seven Stars, but yeah, it's that one is admittedly like that's a legal nightmare in and of itself. Admittedly, I think Nintendo and Square Enix have consul- uh, conciliated enough that both of them agree that they will re- uh, they will allow it on Nintendo consoles and only Nintendo consoles. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but it's just a factor that, like, they uh, they do still have to give Square a cut of any of the proceeds that come from it. Well, if yeah. It, if it's sold I mean, as an individual that's fair. thing. That's um, fair, is fair, is fair, is fair. And my, stan- uh, my stance is, if I can get these games through official channels without spending an arm and a leg, or several black market body uh, organ donations Mm -hmm. i'd rather take a safe and much more acceptable route absolutely absolutely give me give me uh seven stars on the switch give it to me i will (laughs) i would i'll pay for i'll pay for it even though i have a physical copy of it it's just as of ease of access and to let nintendo know hey this is the right thing to do i'll do it i'll buy it if i had access to some, I'd like to get my hands on some of the uh, Sega Saturn games. Come on, Sega. Put those out there. Sega CD games. Come on, let's get some Sega CD. Not all of them. Not and all of them. <laughs> and here's, here's the bonus points, is that you not only have, you know, games that, you know, okay, so there's four or five different developers in, that are all in, uh, in the, the publishers, developers, and everything else that all have to reconcile 
okay, who gets what? Do we all agree to re-release this? Do we all do we like money? Do all of us like money? One person in the corner going, I don't really like money. Oh well, fuck it then, I guess. Uh, but at the same time, then you also have, and this is relevant to uh, what's happening on the stream right now. Then you also have some developers or um, the publishers that are no longer around. So who has the rights to republish their works? Like, for example, working designs for U.S. release of the Lunar series. Oh, good question. Tippity tappity, tippity tappity. Yeah. So. So. In, in this case, emulation itself is not bad. No. It's and it it is used for very great things because hell, Nintendo literally actually does have its own emulator in order to get the game uh, the nes and the super nintendo stuff working properly yep if you're on a switch and you're playing classic nintendo games or classic nes games you are literally playing a nintendo released emulator on a nintendo nintendo console for nintendo games yeah but if you want to play let's say a sega cd game yeah, unfortunately, they don't have an emulator. They don't do hardware anymore. They don't do hardware. About, talking about the Sega CD? Sega CD, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure that there... I, I was watching another... I swear, YouTube is my place that I get all my news and information. Um, There is actually an emulator like that is... I can't remember what it's specifically called, but there's one that apparently has decent performance... It's like a well, hardware emulator. Well, we were what we were saying, or what I was saying in that case was less, um, less of a f official channels. Yeah. Or it was official channels emulator rather. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're never gonna see one of those. Yeah. yeah no. The closest thing we ever got was technically the Sega Gen. Uh, they there was a Sega Genesis, uh, mini mm -hmm. that Sega released. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a lot more than a lot of people were expected because a the PlayStation Mini, the Super Nintendo Mini, the NES Mini, all had roughly like 20 to 30 games. How yeah. many games do you think that Sega put on that Genesis Mini? Uh, 112. Off by 8, but yes. Oh, okay. Quite. They put on 120 nice games i love how exact you were trying to go with that <laughs> and then it turned out to be a nice even number yeah i was just, I was just throwing a number out there i, 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 know, I, know but I just i love i love that you think i actually had a, pl a plan yeah but i gave you the benefit of the doubt oh that was a mistake from the beginning <laughs> but yeah out there and there are some consoles that they're super hard to emulate because of certain aspects. Um, probably the one I can think of the most is Sega Saturn. And, and yeah, it's kind of hard to get Saturn to work properly in emulation. I yeah. mean, like, if you can do it, it works 
amazingly well. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of effort to do it to that level. Of course. But all in all, official stance is, uh, that I'm stating is if I can get things through official channels, I'll try and take those routes. And just to throw out one last really wild curveball segue about uh, emulation. <laughs> Whoa, that's segue watching. <laughs> uh, so there's this little thing that you uh, that people may or may not have heard of, uh, and by little I mean that it's actually pretty big, uh, called holding at home. Which is literally like where you donate, where you donate your computer, uh, your CPU as additional processing power for this project that's trying to uh, trying to research various proteins, research uh, possible, uh, basically looking into possible cures, uh, patterns, and cures for various diseases. Like when uh, COVID nineteen started getting big, they actually opened up a COVID nineteen. Uh, branch of the projects they were working on, trying to research the and analyze the structure of it so to better understand it. And I that think literally, li- I think literally every single processing unit is currently attached to that project right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and and there was such an uh, there was such an outpouring of people trying to help that they literally, for the first time I'd ever heard of, as long as I'd heard, known about folding at home. They were actually out of projects. Oh, like they they could not they could not put together the uh, test theories and ship them out to people fast, fast enough. enough. The the biggest so like just to kind of shout it out like uh, Linus over at LTT actually. Uh, he and their crew actually built a uh, job server for the project because of this. Mm-hmm. Be- and they actually scoped out, I think, like, what? I think five gigabits per second from their 10 gig link to dedicate to this because there is just not enough servers as well as those projects to take the results in. Mm-hmm. from the completed jobs yeah and that was something i ran into um there i would get i when i when i first heard about that i'm like oh hey i haven't done that in a while updated it uh, booted it up and i'm like okay uh and it would take a couple hours and i'd finally get a project in and then it would sit there trying to upload no, unable to accept trying to upload unable to accept trying to upload so uh, it would get stuck in a loop like that too uh, but that's that's kind of that's that's the far end of it. But the short end of that is that that is also another form of emulation and another way that emulation is being used very much for the greater good. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Because they're trying to solve what makes COVID COVID. Granted, that was like I said, that was early on. At this point, they're probably uh, testing solutions. But at that point, they were trying to solve what is COVID, what makes it what it is. And what does it look like so we can start developing uh, solutions? Mm. So that's 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 that segue. Now back to our regularly uh, our regularly discussed topic. Well, Ooh, I think some smog on its way out. <laughs> well, probably the one thing I uh, one last 
fun bit of emulation trivia. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Square Enix, in, back in the PlayStation days, decided to try and release some of its older Super Nintendo era games on PlayStation. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I know some of these are Final Fantasy Chronicles and Anthologies. And yep. So, yep. I'm going to mention Anthology because that has five and six. Yes. Yep. The first time I ever played five. Yep. Mm. So, uh, I'm not going to explain, uh, state, like, why five was horrible, but how they handled five kind of leads into how bad, uh, why people don't play the PS1 game of it. At least not. Uh, physically. So, the copy of Final Fantasy V was a Japanese ROM with an emulator that had the live translation on it that would apply the live translation to the ROM through your PS1 and emulate the game at the same time. That sounds a little convoluted. Yeah! It was because I've seen people state that why didn't they just take that, uh, like, they had access, well, they may not have had access to the source code. They, they definitely knew where to change the text. They had enough know-how to just, for uh, like, force apply a patch, so all they really needed to do was the emulated, uh, like, just apply the English translation to the ROM and then just have the emulated copy of the game and the uh, essentially the PlayStation ROM play that patched copy of the ROM. But nope, that's what Square Enix did for uh, Final Fantasy V on the PlayStation 1. So... That's fun fact. Uh, yep. That is indeed a fun fact. Yep. Other than that, uh, I think we've kind of run out of stuff to talk to. And probably... Unless we added another segue, but, you know, this road's already getting crowded. Yeah, this yeah I can and... say it, it, it is getting a bit crowded, and we are... That we are definitely on on track for this being one of our longer episodes, so yep. maybe Again. it's about time for us to wrap it up. <laughs> so maybe well, this I always mean, happens when we have all four of us. Yeah, I, I, I say that I say that knowing full well that uh, about ten minutes ago Kage was like, "Hey, um, maybe we should start wrapping up," and I'm like, <laughs> oh, "That's nice, dear." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very nice of you to think there, but that's not going to happen today. <laughs> not yet. I was just yet. like, hmm. <laughs> so, in this case, I think we're all kind of, we've all kind of, uh, like, we all kind of agree, emulation is probably going to be here to stay. Uh, to stay. Oh, yeah. 100%. Whether people actively try and um use it for whatever method that they want that's up to them but overall i'd say we're we're okay with emulation and if people go like well do you own the games that you play on stream don't ask me that question please 
Most of the ones that I have that I've played on stream, I actually do have physical copies. Do I have actual access to them? Not entirely. Not ease of access. It may be in a storage unit somewhere, but you, you own it. Yeah. Like I said, don't ask me that question because I will be entirely honest with you. There have been times. There very much have been times. Well, I'll and tell you I which times they were. Yeah, I'd rather not think about it. But those times or those dates or two yeah. locations, but they, they, they did happen. They, they, there were there were things that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, I have plausible deniability. What happened? What happens at band camp stays at band camp. For you see, what had happened was. <laughs> <laughs> all right so but uh, as such um, there might be a part two. Ooh, ooh. Oh boy oh no um, so as such generally we do actually uh like for me at least i generally do own the games now if you see me playing an english translated version copy of a japanese game that never came stateside Yar. Yar. <laughs> For me, I'll be honest, most of the games, most but not all, most of the games I've played on stream uh, are games that I either do own or have owned. And usually in the case of have owned, it's something that was taken away from me, not by my own de decision, not that I sold it. So there's only been a couple where it's straight out, uh, no, I've never owned this game. Yeah. And so, as such, like, A, are we going to say which games we own and which ones we aren't? No. No. You guys can just on that. Sit and wonder. Sit and wonder. But, I'm sure you'll puzzle it out someday, sometimes. Yeah. But other than that, I hope you guys do at least enjoy the streams and see how entertaining they are. If you Always. watch them. Um, yeah, watch them specifically yes yes watch, watch the stream watch the streams watch the podcast watch the, po <laughs> watch the podcast uh listen to the streams on your favorite uh podcast platforms yep. <laughs> the streams are now on spotify <laughs> and that you can turn into the podcast on twitch yep. uh, we're currently listening to lunar 2 electric bungalow bungalow <laughs> Bungaloo, huh? Bungaloo. Bungalow. Hey, we're listening to it, so it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, streams. If you do like, uh, I, I would say please tune in on the streams if you can. There's always a Friday night stream. Saturday night streams are kind of there. They are there, but occasionally, sometimes we will not be streaming on Saturdays due to various. Real life things. Hey Asher, yeah. did you know that there's actually a really easy way that they can tell whether or not we're streaming on a Saturday night? Why, Michael? Michael? Well, if they follow us on Facebook, we always oh. announce more about the stream. Yeah. Um, if you want to make sure, uh, absolutely sure that you don't miss a stream, you can also subscribe at Twitch. Absolutely, and punch that bell. <laughs> oh God. I thought uh, that was YouTube. Well, that is YouTube also, which we also have. It, and we're it, going to be doing some clip shows of, of uh, past streams for your viewing and pleasure, as well as uh, the full previous streams. Yep. 
if you feel like you've missed something, uh, the streams are on uh, <laughs> are on our YouTubes. So, well, hey guys, we just leveled up at uh, Segways. We just hit 100. Yay! Okay, now to Prestige. Okay, we're back to Segway 1. <laughs> Damn it. So, overall, uh, I hope everybody enjoys, uh, like, at least enjoys this game. Uh, this game? game. <laughs> yeah. I hope no, you... one, no one segues can be as smooth as Linus over at Linus Tech Tips, where he just blatantly calls them segues. Well, we just blatantly call them segues. His are smoother, though. Smooth uh, as rusted bolts. Linus, what? Do you like to sponsor us? Okay, but otherwise, hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> so. Let's just finish this out. Um, as such, uh, we do have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, but that's mostly Eddie. Um, yeah, don't go to TikTok. Uh, for Eddie, if you heard that, I don't care. Don't go to TikTok. <laughs> uh, we do stream on Twitch. Um, archives of the streams are on YouTube. And possibly just highlights of streams will be showing up on YouTube as well given how many there are. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you can listen to the podcasts, whether it's Front Row Perspectives, this one, or FRG Mainstay, uh, through your preferred streaming audio service, whether that's Apple, Google Play, or, of course, the major Spotify. one, Spootfy. I mean Spotify. Spotify! Also, Spotify, um, if you're looking, uh, I heard that recently in the news that you're doing exclusive podcast deals. Uh, if you want to pick us up, we're not as big as Joe Rogan, but we're here. <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> we're here. If you want to give us an exclusive deal, we can We can totally do something with you. We can work with it. Wink, wink. Nod, nod. Nudge, nudge. Say no. Say no. Does your podcast go? I, I, I. Does it go? Um, <laughs> if people want, just to finish this out, uh, if you do want to support us, we do have a Patreon. Um, if you don't feel like doing Patreon, you can also go to our Redbubble. I am mm -hmm. uh, trying to figure out other designs other than our logo, um, which may be me working with Josh, who is doing the clip shows, to find weird stuff that I have said or we have said that just uh okay I mean, there's enough of it there's got to be something we can use yeah we have plenty of material absolutely but uh, uh outside of that um those are the official methods to help us nudge nudge wink help wink us. help you help us yeah uh other than that i hope everybody enjoys the rest of whatever you're doing when you're listening to this whenever wherever whatever and thanks for listening in to Front Row Perspectives. Bye! In the name of, the, the name of Felicia, bye. bye! Can I really do something about this pink slip? <laughs>